Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. Welcome to Into the Closet with the Green Eye Brothers, a podcast where Lucas and Benny take a young guest down the rabbit hole of their inner thoughts, stopping only to laugh along the way. This week on Into the Closet, we had the wonderful Allison Stewart Patterson, more commonly known as Speed. Sorry about the episode being a little late, guys. Benny's away this week, so I'm doing everything on my own. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. Welcome to this, uh, well, morning edition for us, but your listeners don't recognize that, but it feels weird for us because we're actually recording in the morning. Um, we have yes, uh, another uh, Into the Closet with a, our second, third female guest. Nice, nice. Um, uh, her name is Allison, and we're going to... I'll ask her a question before she introduces herself. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to call her Speed just because Allison is weird. So, um, Speed, when was the last time that you cried and uh, why? Uh, last time I cried was uh, when my best friend moved to New Zealand. Yep. She's there for about a year, but... I moved away about a year ago now, but it's just way different when you can't hop an island to go see somebody. Um, Instead, she's halfway around the world. Is that recently? Yeah, that was January 10th, no, 9th, something like that. It's about a month. That's a big move. Yeah. Um, A couple people have said that their reasons are leaving, moving. Yeah. JC's was, he was moving. Yeah, that's a surprise party. Yeah, it's true. Ben's was his cat, you know, leaving this world, <laughs> going on to the next. Yeah. In a way, you know? Yeah. It's the pattern. That. The pattern. Yeah. yeah, the end of something. <laughs> the end of something. An era, time period. Yes. Can we do a close? Well, that's good. All right, why didn't you uh, tell everyone who you are, what you're about, where you're from? I'm from Kamloops, BC. I lived there until I was about 16. Uh, my parents introduced me to rock climbing when I was five. Started competing when I was six. And then, yeah, that's pretty much just been life since then. I moved to the island when I was 16 for climbing. Lived with a host family. And then stayed on the island for college. And recently came to Vancouver. Wow. Yeah. Can you uh, can you paint the picture for us a little bit about leaving, like moving out when you're yeah. 16? I guess into like a. Well, mom, family? mom was really upset. She yeah, she's like my baby, leaving at 16. But uh, no, I lived with a good family for a year, and then moved back home for five months to graduate. Um, but leaving at 16. I don't know, I was grade, halfway through grade 11. So I moved into a new high school halfway through a grade. So fitting in, I found really hard. I'd always been at the same high school, same school with all the same friends from kindergarten all the way till when I left. So it was really strange to, yeah, just have to find a new crew of friends. But it was very interesting because the high school I went into um, had a climbing gym. 
So a lot of the friends that I sort of connected with also had the same passion that I did. So it kind of made for a really cool friendship. Did, did that opportunity come up like just when you were 16 or did you know before then that you don't wanted to take it more seriously and you knew that something would have to change in the coming year or, um, or was it like pretty sudden? Uh, the gym in Victoria was opening up a new climbing gym and they were also opening up a climbing academy. Um, so I moved to the island to be a part of the new climbing gym. Um, but also to be a part of the climbing academy. But, um, you know, with construction and such and so forth, the climbing gym didn't actually open up until November of that year. Okay. So I went in February and had, whatever that is, nine months, ten months of no climbing gym. So we just had the small gym to play with. But uh, I decided to do the move anyways. I'd planned it, told all my friends I was leaving. I wasn't going to back out. So, yeah, just kind of got up, went, spent the time there connected with everybody, and then came back in September to be a part of the Climbing Academy and the new climbing gym. Wow. Mm-hmm. In those 10 years from when you started competing and uh, being 16, like, was it a slow progression to it taking it so seriously that you were going to move away, or was it like very quickly you were that good and then it was just like eight years of just crushing it and you were, once you were old enough you moved? Or was it, like, more um, gradual? You were, like, get It was more gradual, and it was just kind of like someone came up, came up to me with this opportunity, like, hey, come climb at my climbing gym. This is what we're going to do, and I want you to be a part of it. And I was like, cool, sounds good. Well, Six well. months later, got up and moved. Well. Were there a lot of kids at the school who had done the same thing? Like, did they try and bring in a lot of people there? To that gym from the province, I guess? Uh, not as much province, but it was more like of an exchange student sort of thing. Um, so I was the only person from BC to move within BC to the to the school. So I was the first person to do that. Um, but then when the Climbing Academy actually started up and sort of got rolling, um, there was a kid from South Africa that joined us. Um, but now there's a girl from Germany. Um, there's, yeah, mostly just All you know, climbers, climbers right? from around the world oh, that okay. are just kind of joining in. Um, when you say climbing academy, I don't know. As a listener, I think that can mean a lot of things. So what does that mean? Um, it's just a class that takes up two blocks out of the year. Um, it's always the yeah the fourth block so that they can go from the climbing academy into the training of the day. Um, so yeah, it's just just kind of a climbing class. Okay, in the high school. Yes. So then you can take normal oh, classes all day. Okay, okay. So you take your first three classes of the day. So for me, what I did is I actually had five classes every day. I had an athletic conditioning class at 6.30, and then I went into, like, English class or something like that. And then I had another gym class, and then I had a math class, and then I had climbing academy. So I just kind of had gym all day long. Right. I actually just wore gym clothes all day. Cause right. Woke up, went to school, worked out, had a class, worked out, had a class, worked out. So it's just like, yeah, <laughs> that was that. That's like uh, co-op. Yeah, we had... I guess they call it an HBA co-op, which is a high-performance athletic co-op. Yeah. So it was just like, ours was we got the morning, first first period off. Uh, so we could so train. So we could swim later in the day. Later, later in the morning. So we'd have to wake up so early. Yeah, so we could get more sleep. Mm-hmm. And, Rather uh, than train longer. Yeah. It wasn't so much that we would train longer. And then we'd go to school for a second period. But it wasn't like the pool was connected to our high school. We just had it 
and our yeah. our club team was not a part of. Yeah, anything like school related. Yeah, it wasn't related to the high school or anything. No, but but kind of similar. Okay, that makes sense. I think similar. swimmers in this province do that a lot, but it's easier. I think it's way easier. I think there's right way more. It's way more accepted. Way more. Cause I think they do it a lot for soccer too. I always see like soccer, like high school soccer kids. But at, I think at the, the SFA team is at like noon. Why are you here? <laughs> the SFA kids swim at like eight, nine in the morning. I'm like, go to school. What are you doing here? But I think they just have they don't they have less school because I think yeah I think well just in general the high school system out here is entirely different. Okay. Because they have like stand, they used to or well, I don't think they do now but when I first came over they had like provincial exams that you had to pass. Mm. That's how, into, that's how you got into. That's how you got into universities and stuff. Oh, interesting. We didn't have that. No, no. And everyone does like, uh, what's that thing where you can like, you kind of take like university courses in grade twelve. Oh. Um, AP. Yeah, yeah, AP, AP courses. courses. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it wasn't a thing in Barry. Maybe in Toronto. No, but, but yeah, even yeah, even if you did like. I don't know. You weren't You've top heard shit. about people taking AP, but it didn't mean nothing. Like, it, well, you weren't top shit. People here take AP, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going fuck, I'm to I'm I'm be an astronaut. I'm going to solve the world's problems, so I'm in AP courses. Yeah. I'm really good. Yeah, no. It's that's, just like, that's weird. Uh, I knew kids in AP. Yeah. <laughs> they were still dumb. Yeah. But <laughs> um, uh, climbing, when, like, when did you, at, at, that, at that time... Or when was your first, like, provincial or national or... Well, you, you got sponsored pretty early, didn't you? I mean, for us, that's, like, a huge deal, because... Yeah, money, money and, uh, and swag's pretty cool. Me and my brother got sponsored by a company called Bufo at the age of... He was 11 and I was 12. Um, but I don't think they're a thing anymore, just because okay. the product they were producing wasn't quite good enough, and Coach told us that. Yeah. Um, but at the time, that was pretty awesome. Um, I did my first regionals and nationals when I was six. Um, oh, because of that, that, that would have been an age category thing? And yeah, so we were U11. Um, or I might have been seven, because we started, yeah, that next year. Um, so yeah, I was seven, Robert was six, and I, then I came second out of four. Who beat It was awesome. <laughs> um, there was this girl named Hillary that was a few years older than I was. So she was really tall, and I was just like, you know, okay. like two foot two or something like that. Something ridiculous. Um, and then I just remember in semifinals, uh, listeners won't know, but Sean McCall was climbing at the same time I was. And they all started cheering when he got to the top, and I got scared and let go of the wall. So I was going into finals in fourth place. <laughs> so that's just like one memory that I have from a nationals. Just being so scared because the crowd was roaring. Was That was, that would have been... A handful of years ago, was the sport noticeably smaller then? Yes, way smaller. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just starting, really. Well, now in like a ten and under category, it was gone from like four kids to like twenty at provincials. Mm-hmm. I can't exactly. Can imagine how many there are at nationals. Way more. Okay, so at least. Well, I mean, just if we're talking pure. Sure. Like you at know, least at least five hundred percent growth or four hundred percent growth or whatever. Like, around that time, it was mostly just BC, Alberta. There wasn't a lot of Saskatchewan, Ontario, Quebec, any of that that was coming over to the Nationals, because Nationals always happened in Vancouver. Okay. Like, it, yeah, it never moved. Right. So, yeah, the competition scene doesn't didn't really exist over on the East at that time. Weird. Interesting. Weird. 
Like it did, but it didn't. Thing. Nobody came this way to go to nationals. Nobody really cared to make national team. Right. It was like I rock climb because I like to rock climb. Like I don't need to travel across is the there country. A, is there a national fun. team in ten and under? Yes, there used to be. So I went to my first North American Championship when I was eleven. But they don't do that anymore. Cool. Yeah. So you knew pretty early on that it was, it, with with getting caught up in, like, that level of competition, you got, like, you knew pretty early on that like, it, it was totally possible to take it that seriously and move up that way. So. Yeah, I mean, like when I was like ten, eleven, around in there, I was also a competitive gymnast. So I spent more time at the gymnastics gym than I did at the climbing gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so between competitive climbing, competitive gymnastics, and like rec swimming, I just, I never saw any friends. I didn't really have a life. Um, so mom and dad were like, it's time to choose. Right. And by then, I was not enjoying gymnastics at all. They were pushing me to do things I did not want to do. Yeah. Um, where in climbing, I could just sort of take it and do what I wanted to do with it, not so, what my coach wanted me to do with it. Right. So. That's kind of where that decision got made. Gymnastics is, from my understanding, pretty demanding, pretty pushy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think, I, I think that, especially if you're a female, you kind of peak at, they, they, I think they try and get you to peak before you hit pu- puberty, pretty much, right? It's like, we want to get you to be really strong and really good before yeah. you get boobs and an ass and get a little heavier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, in my, in my head, that's like, that's what they're thinking. Also, yeah. And then, because only, yeah, because only really good ones are going to go on past that, so they need to, like, know who's good or something, like, early on, or yeah. who's going to take it that seriously. It's weird that, like, in, in climbing and gymnastics are so tightly, like, wound together, I guess. Like, a lot of, like, a lot of people, you know, kind of do gymnastics, and then that helps them in climbing and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of the competitive scene, well, a few people, I would say, they went from competitive gymnastics, got too injured, and had to find a new sport, and rock climbing just kind of, like, mm-hmm. just came with Works it, really because well. you, you're already so strong with your body weight. So yeah, exactly. Just it's super strong, and then super flexible, doesn't hurt. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's not a thing. Like, there's not, I wouldn't say there's a sport that, like, if you're good at, it'll help you be good at swimming. No. Gymnastics will help you understand how much hours you have to put in. Because gymnastics does just, yeah, just the hours. Just the workload. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a, a fair transfer, but other than that, you're yeah. still drowning. So I guess for me and Benny, we're not that good also to all you listeners out there at swimming at that age. No. We were not um, going to nationals at seven. But, <laughs> but climbing's way sicker, so... Um, So, by 16, how good were you? Uh, by 16, I had just... So, at 16... You kept going my, to nationals the whole way up each year? Yeah. So, I did my first Youth Worlds at 14. Right. Um, so, that was in Sydney, Australia. And uh-huh. I came 17th. Yeah. At Worlds. Nice. At Worlds. So, that was sort of like probably some of my best performances. Um, and then the next year, I went to France for the Youth Worlds. And I don't even remember how I did, but I competed in speed as well. So that was kind of fun. We, at the time, did not take speed very seriously. Not a lot of countries did, because it is a very artificial version of the sport. Right. Um, so the difference is in rock climbing. Um, there's lead climbing, so it's when you go up, and it's whoever gets the highest wins. Um, speed climbing is whoever gets the top wins. So 
The quickest. Yeah. The quickest, yeah. And it's the same route every time. For, those you, you don't for know. listeners, search mm-hmm. up speed climbing. It's pretty interesting. It's like, like you know what rock climbing is, you can picture it, but it's really different, so worth searching out just so you have a... It's probably the close. If you were to, if you were to try and draw a parallel between climbing and swimming. <laughs> yeah. A speed climbing would be... Yeah. The closest to... Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Having you. But... Uh, when, and now, I mean, so you, you kind of danced around the fact that uh, you're pretty good at speed climbing. Uh, so yeah, I did my first speed only comp in 2013. I went to Cali, Colombia, um, for the World Games. So I got invited because of my performance at a future event, which is kind of funny because I did not do very well. I was not training speed climbing during that time that I qualified, but because the three people ahead of me had already qualified in other ways or rejected the spot, I got invited to go to Cali. Um, to compete at the World Games, which was super cool. It's practically like the Olympics for all the sports that are just kind of weird. Right. Um, so, yeah, got to compete there. Got to watch all the other sports. Um, and then I think it was just Sean and I that were competing there. And, yeah, they had to, like, escort us with police everywhere. And, like, we could only get in taxis that were marked for the World Games just wow. because they didn't want anybody to die. In Cali. Yeah. But, yeah, training for speed was much different than training for lead, which is what I was doing before. Um, So, yeah, did a lot of training for speed. Another reason for going to Victoria is it's the only gym in Canada with a 15-meter speed wall. Um, So it's the only spot you can train within Canada for Mm. speed climbing. Right. Really. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, that's, like, the standard length. That's the official length. Speed wall, so yeah, 15 speed meters. Wall. Yeah. So, how did you do it at Worlds? Uh, I just remember I beat a Russian, and that was pretty exciting, because the Russians are kind of like, they're the best in speed climbing. Cool. They're the, yeah, they always win. Hmm. They're the most consistent. They probably, like, beat them while they're 11 until they're, you know, the best in the world or something like that. But, uh, sure. yeah, I beat a Russian, and that was pretty exciting. I think I came, like, 15th or something like that. 16th? Sweet. Yeah. Huh. School? Now, uh... And then actually that same year I competed at the Youth Worlds again. Um, But they were in Victoria at my home gym and I competed in both disciplines again. And came 13th in speed. Cool. Yeah. When did you set the uh, Canadian record in speed? 2015 at the World Cup we had in Victoria. 10.83 seconds. Yeah, 2015. 2015. Oh my god, okay, wait. So not last year, but the year before that. Okay. But then you were already... um, Were you still in university at that time? Or were you done university in 2015? Or... I was still in university, just taking electives. I had, like, two classes. Right. Yeah. Still at school. Mm-hmm. Do you... <clears throat> now, like, in swimming, when you set a Canadian record, that's a pretty big deal. Like... Yeah. Everybody thinks you're a god. 
Not but no, yeah, you, get, you get quite a bit of praise. It'd be huge, yeah. You get and you get like a sweater from Swim Canada, like a specific you you set a Canadian record like clothing and stuff. Do you say anything happen like that in climbing when you set a Canadian record? No way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Way too small of a sport. Um, no, my dad just posted a video on YouTube and that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's probably just so much of this just doesn't transfer over to to what we would recognize just because of how small the sport is like because uh, it's just so uh, so fresh you know but mm-hmm. it's a bummer it's, yeah it's a bummer but it's, it's still sweet in my head it's like Canadian record it's like oh. well if the sport grows at the rate it's growing you know she'll be a titan of the sport <laughs> she'll be like you know maybe someone will come up and try be, and beat me she'll be like the Victor <laughs> Davis or uh, exactly Alex Bauman exactly the of, of the climbing world Exactly. Canada. First Canadian record holder. Really good, I guess. Some, I don't know if anyone was before them. Anyway, so uh, after graduating from Kamloops, you went back to Victoria to go to college. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? Uh, yeah. So my parents pretty much told me, you can go back to Victoria, but you have to go to school. So I applied for a program in, like, April or something like that. I was less, like, tossed it in. I was like, oh, I don't even know if I'll get in. And then, yeah, I got in. I was like, cool, I guess I'm going to school in September. So my coach at the time offered me a spot in her basement. Um, so I got, like, super cheap rent, just living in downtown Victoria uh, with a few other climbers as well. Just, yeah, chilling in the basement. And, yeah, then went to school. Did you moved out. take a program you like we're interested in or you're still uh, so yeah so i took a program called uh sports performance so yeah just a diploma in sports performance so i just yeah learned about kinesiology sports nutrition sport physiology things like that sports so right up your alley right up my alley and it was more a program that i took because i wanted to become a better athlete um and then the program itself actually was a lot of the coaching based stuff as well so we did uh we did like this week-long course and did the nccp um, level one, I think, and yeah, that was pretty sweet. Um, learned a lot with that, but uh, yeah, program in general was super beneficial. I never graduated. Awkward. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm two electives short still of graduation, so I gotta get it together <laughs> and can do that. Yeah, but, but but people that don't, other people that don't graduate aren't like national level climbers, so that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, everyone in the program was also pretty high-level athletes, but it was really different because I was still very active within my sport, and they were kind of, you know, they were retiring or had retired from their sports. Um, A few of my good friends were, one was a figure skater, top of her level, um, and she got dumped by her partner. He was like, I want a relationship with you. And she's like, we skate together. And then that was kind of it. He got rid of her before nationals and then she kind of right. dropped out of the sport so yeah it was really cool to be within a program with so many other sports like there was a soccer player a hockey player a golfer you know right. just kind of a little bit of everything no swimmers though no because you know <laughs> swimmers are weird <laughs> well they probably we wouldn't have gone to school probably or well, they definitely wouldn't have been retired. But well, they, yeah, they go to school on the island, but they just 
take one university course at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Train the National Training Center. Easy. Was so you still fo- were heavily sports focused while you were getting through <coughs> school, mm-hmm. and you're still climbing at the, the gym there, and. Um, uh yeah, so I was climbing there, and then eventually I got hired as the assistant manager, um, at the Boulders, which is the gym I was training at. So that was kind of a point where I was like, did a semester of classes, pretty much failed them all because I had to focus so much on work and training. Right. So that's when I just dropped out of school. And then just worked as the assistant manager for like the year and a half. And then, yeah, dropped everything, moved to Vancouver. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so now we're pretty much caught up then. Yeah. yeah present, present day. Pretty much. Uh, so, do you know when you moved to, like, was it, yeah, right, right, yeah, right into North Vancouver? Do you go right to North there? Uh, no. Or so I, I started, I left my job end of February. Moved to Vancouver uh, March 1st, but didn't have anywhere to work. Yeah, 2016, yep. Nice. Um, And then didn't have anywhere to live. So I went home for a few days, I think. Saw my high school friends. Just bummed about. I got a job at the Hive, and Brad told me I started on March 17th. So I was like, okay, well, I've got 17 days unemployed. Just do whatever. Hung out with a few friends in Vancouver, tried to find a place to live, never found a place to live. Yeah. And then lived with my aunt for two weeks in North Van. Cool. So I guess I did kind of start in North Van. And then found a place to live with one of my friends, Cam. He like had two places to live during the month the month of April. Um, so me and my ex-boyfriend lived in one of the places while he lived in the other and just kind of like switched. Um, and then we eventually found a place to live May 1st. Cool. And then I was there for three months, decided it wasn't for me, and moved to North Van. <laughs> in, yeah, October, right? Uh, yeah, mid-September. Mid-September. But you went to Worlds, or whatever. Yeah, this early, summer. Right, right then. Uh, yeah, so this summer, I yeah moved out of my place, dumped all my stuff with my current roommates and their old place. Uh, yeah. Went to three World Cups and the Adult World Championships. When you made the transition over to adult, was it a noticeably more difficult playing field, or you since you kind of grew up with the people that it was uh, like a little bit of both, I would say. Um, I did have a lot of growing up to do. I did my first World Cup at sixteen uh, in Boulder, Colorado. Um, so that was a big step up. It was kind of crazy. I was like, "Wow, you guys are really strong," um, but. Other than that, like, now it's kind of like, well, the kids are kids. The adults are adults. And, like, a lot of the time the 16-year-olds will perform really well and they'll beat all the adults. Right. Like, that's, that's, that's just the way it is. Right. And we just learn to accept it. But, um, yeah, the summer was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Saw a lot of people. Did, yep. did, <laughs> do you train year-round then yep. at the level you're at? So between the Canadian... Uh, circuit and the World Cup circuit, they just like overlap and there's like no time. No time to really take too much of a so break. So you kind of got to choose what you want to do. Right. So, uh, you did, how did you do at those World Cups? Just uh, recently? In Munich, which was the first stop, so Munich, Germany, I don't remember what place I came, but I do remember climbing a lot of really cool problems. I remember making a lot of really dumb mistakes, 
but it was kind of like first stop. I was like, just gotta, just gotta try. Just gotta do what I do. I know what to do and enjoy <coughs> it. Um, the next step was Imst Austria, and that was a lead World Cup. Um, and I remember it going way better than I thought it was going to. I don't remember touching a rope leading up to it, and just because of all the bouldering training I'd been doing, it just yeah, right, just blew my expectations. Awesome. And then the following weekend was Arco, Italy. So in between that, I spent a day in Venice, just traveling about by myself, <laughs> and then made my way to Arco. Funny part about Arco is I, yeah, I got there, tried to find my accommodation, and realized I had just messed it up. I had booked something in Arco, Italy that was in the middle of the country, not in the northern part of the country. So I got there and realized I had nowhere to stay. Um, so that was a bit of a panic. Yeah. Anyways, so then three days later, I competed at the World Cup, and competed in speed and in lead, and speed went pretty well. Didn't break any records. Shocks. But, uh, yeah, had one good lap and then slipped on the other. Right. But, uh, because you only get two chances. Right. Is, is it common to slip? Yes. Is that like a, give me a percentage of times? Um, so it depends on how consistent you are as an athlete. Um, personally, I don't get a lot of time on the wall anymore because I don't live in Victoria. But um, pretty much if you're trying to push your limits, there's a huge percentage or huge chance that you're going to slip just because you're, yeah, you're trying way harder than you're used to and you're going way faster than you're used to. Right. So I don't know if that's anything with swimming. Like, oh, you, sure. I don't know if you... Yeah, you don't slip on a wall, but you, you kind of get the same level of... You lose your flow sort yeah. of thing, and then you, yeah, you toss yourself, and you're like, oh, missed a foot. And it's just like, even if you just pick your foot up, like, an extra two inches just over to the left, and you miss the foothold, and you slip. It's just like little things like that. Right. So. Uh, my biggest thing, or biggest struggle this summer was missing the buzzer at the top. I did that over and over and over again. Right. Just because it's only like, this like little pad what is that like four inches by four inches right and if you miss it that's that sucks to suck you, right <laughs> you don't get a time that's interesting i guess that applies to us except our pads the whole wall it's like yeah if you wall. miss the wall it doesn't I mean, you do that, <laughs> but even then they have backup They're the people like you're still gonna yeah. get a time yeah no it's i think it's harder in swimming to like make a mis like mistake to slip i guess would be like you breathe off the wall or something like that. And just Pull like, on the lane rope. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I've done that in a race before. Yeah. Does that happen a lot? Ah, if you would so do it on backstroke only. Mm -hmm. Um, it happens. You do it a lot more in practice, right? You just like you're swimming because in practice you swim in a circle. So one side, half the time you're always going up the lane rope, mm -hmm. and then down the middle. And so if you're just being lazy. You just kind of grab the lane rope when your hand goes in the water and then pull you pull yourself forward onto it. It's right there. It's right there. But some people do it <laughs> when you're, when you're racing. There's a lot of, like, you know, bubbly water and everything. So if you're in one of the middle lanes, it's hard for the the referees. Whether to, it's an accident, your arm ends up there, or you yeah. get over there by yourself. But, yeah, still, it can happen. Especially in like if you're racing outdoors and the sun's in your eyes on your back. Because when you're... 
like all the ceilings in a pool inside have lines that line up with the length of the pool so that when you're on your back, you know you're going straight. Mm -hmm. But outside, there's just clouds. So it's really hard to know that you're swimming in a straight line because all you can see is the sky. So you're, you're taught to spot the lane rope off your shoulder. So you're just close to that lane rope and... Mm -hmm. They can only, one thing it's doing is they can only disqualify you based on things they see. So it's not like if they have a computer or an underwater camera, mm -hmm. something like that, or even like a false start sensor on the box, they can't, can't disqualify you on that. They have to see the mistake, the mistake. So if they, they don't see you pulling on the rope, then mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of this, it's not like, I don't it's hard to say it's like cheating, but a lot of people like push the rules that way in swimming, especially like on some things that are like underwater. There's sometimes there's a lot of rules like that or in strokes, certain kinds of kicks you can do. People kind of push those boundaries sometimes because it's easy to sneak in without the, you know, the official seeing. Mm hmm. Okay, so World Cups. Also, I just want to jump back to the fact that you said a lot of 16-year-olds beat adults. That happens in swimming, too, quite a bit. But, like, you know, what's weird about that is, like, a lot of them don't make it past, like, 18. Yeah. They just, like, the top of their game and just, just fall off the map after that. We had a girl who lived in Newmarket pretty close to us, made the Olympics at 16. And uh, Lindsay Seaman. Yeah. Never saw her again. When she turned like 17, 18, she raced a little bit, dropped off the map. We raced with a girl growing up who like swept the podium at Junior Nationals at like 16 in three events, gold medals. And like stopped swimming when she was 17, 18. Yeah, I know it happens. There's something, yeah. You gotta, you gotta almost let them have their, their glory. You know, a little bit of the young kid would be like, huh. A lot of women, though, what you're saying. Yeah, true. I mean, you got, you got younger guys, too. But not as much, just because they're weaker than 22-year-old men. Exactly. Yeah, no, 16-year-olds are, yeah. A lot of things happen around that age. Kind of push your limits and stuff up. I think they. that's kind of when you're in your superhero phase, where you don't think you can fail kind of thing. So. Yeah, you think you're kind of invincible. and. Uh, that's when you make the best. Like, and you, you, got real, you don't really have any responsibility in life at all. But you don't have to do anything. No, you don't have to do anything. That's the best time if you want to be good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else? I don't think so. I guess uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on. So your your dad's quite and and your mom are both climbers and ad adventurers, so to speak. You think that? I don't know. Like we didn't grow up with like our parents don't swim, didn't compete in athletics at all. Dad was a wrestler in high school. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know if that's true. I think he just said uh, that. Maybe he just said that to us. But that was my motivation. I was like, oh, dad was into sport. Obviously, I'm going to be a swimmer. <laughs> well, look, mom was into gymnastics, but I think that's when she was like eight. And then she yeah, just... she did it. She did it, and, but very quickly became a coach in it. Yeah. So, stopped competing. Um, what's the, I guess, what's that like? Good or bad? Um, do you feel like you want to follow in there? Like, I, like Yeah. What's that like, I guess? Um, we didn't spend a lot of time at home, just sitting around. We, it was either like, well, it's a sunny day, let's go out cycling. Okay, let's do it. Or like on the weekends, if it snows, 
we had this rule in uh, elementary school and high school. If it snowed 30 centimeters, we didn't have to go to school. We got to go skiing. Hmm. Um, so it's just like, you know, just being, always being outside. I mean, like over the holidays when it's snowmobiling, they've had snowmobiles for, I want to say like 10 years now. So it's just been like always going outside and just going to see the world. Like our all of our like family trips we'd go on, it would be like, hey, let's go to France go rock climbing and it's just like let's go to scotland and let's go rock climbing it's just like always going somewhere to do what we all love to do as a family that's pretty cool yeah that's that sweet well definitely more unique circumstance kind of person we've had in the closet so far like with a bed like i don't know we try and focus in on school and like that time period but a bit of an, an anomaly i think with being that good at your sport yeah so very interesting very cool thanks you can ask who who what are you talking about uh. <laughs> I just asked that, that was my question we just talked about it. yeah yeah no uh, you can ask us oh okay. yeah, talk to me uh, if you have questions for us we'll have to have you back but yeah keep posted on your your world record setting national records maybe we should should put up like a link to that video when we post it that'd be kind of cool right we can can definitely do it be like real podcasters like link in the show notes yeah link in the show (laughs) I get creamed by a Polish girl in that video but it's a record for me so that's what matters what's creamed she finishes in like 8 seconds she's probably doping (laughs) probably doping (laughs) did you write the question down yeah. Oh my god, you're such a loser. I've had this thing written down for like three weeks now. Really? I remember. Oh my god, okay. Wow. Alright, let's let's hear it then. Bring it on. I'm ready for this. So like I know Lucas is like kinda stubborn. Um, so I'm like okay, here let's just go with this. Um, oh. so what's the best thing that you have done just because you were told you can't? Oh, wait, is it supposed to be a good thing or, like, the most stubborn moment in your life? Like, what's, like, <laughs> yeah, a good thing. Like, oh, okay. okay. I did this because this person said I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're both very stubborn. Yeah. Oh, so, my God. Certainly. <laughs> Dude. So, like, when I saw it, I was just like, yep. That's kind of hard. But a lot of things, I would say. A lot of things. Not the best thing, I would say, but, like, going to university, swimming, and doing engineering. Yeah. Straight up. So many people told me that it was impossible. So I was like, all right. I mean, I didn't finish it, but I did it for a few years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you still did it. So I got, you know, I was like kind of stubborn, but then it's like to the point of like, I just stayed in a course that I hated just because <laughs> I was trying to prove people wrong. So that, it was good. You know, it's like good, but bad. Um, other good things. Cause people told me I couldn't. I think the way I performed last year, actually, at the end of my season, Oh yeah, you had that. You kind of, <laughs> despite your old coach, right? It was yeah, and it wasn't. It was so implicit. It wasn't explicit. It's not like he. No, no one said to me that I couldn't perform well at that meet. But it's just like implicit. Like, it. Just, I felt that, that was the tone. Not from any of my teammates, but like the, just on how my season was going. He kind of given up on your. Everyone kind of, recognized that it wasn't. Nothing good would come. Like not not nothing extraordinary would come from that meet, and I definitely had a few. Extraordinary for my for myself swims not for the field or anything but 
that was definitely one of the more recent examples of that. Ah, uh, it's just hard to be like good things. Ah, oh, this is like, yeah, you weird. Just I just like just do things to people. Like I, our coach in high school told me that I couldn't win a calf raise contest in in our team. So you just do we everyone just does calf raises on like the edge of a edge of, like a stair, pretty pool, much but, like a stair. Imagine, mm-hmm. and you just go until you, whoever's the last one standing. Did he count it? One, and then everyone dropped. No, it. no, uh, I forget actually. Maybe it was like that. Yeah, it was definitely like equal, and I, I think I won that, and I couldn't walk for like two weeks. I had the same thing in grade twelve. I, I my, my calves thing. were like stuck. In like a pointed toe position because they were so tight, so I walked on my tippy toes because I hurt to put same. my heel down. Because that stretched your calf. muscle too much. Yeah, so I walked, Dude, on, my, I walked on my toes I did for exact a week. Same thing, grade twelve. It sucked so much. Hurt. I slept with. Yeah, it was hot. It, they were always hot because they were so torn that I think they were healing for whatever two days, <laughs> yeah. and they were always warm because they were like trying to relax. And um. Oh man, I a lot of things like that. I'm trying to think. I ran. Oh, you're supposed to be on silent. Sorry. I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's not. It's okay. Is that okay? Oh, so you don't even know. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Um, I ran uh, my 50K. was kind of like that. My ultra. Ultra marathon, I guess. Just a little bit. People, people doubted. Not yeah, ex- not, not, not like... choosing to do it, but ch- choosing to finish it. Yeah. Sure. Um, not like they said I couldn't do it, but their doubt for sure. Was a driving factor. Yeah. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Um. It's. A, hmm. I don't know. I do a lot of that, but not necessarily. It, it, all of it comes out super. Super. But I would say like most things. A lot of things that I do are just based out of. Stubbornness. Not stubbornness, but like if people doubt it at all. Oh. Then no, I do a lot it. of my stuff I do just out of stubbornness, I think. Just because that's. Yeah. That sticking to tradition, people like ask me to change, and I just always do it that way, so I'm going to keep doing it that way. Or, you know, just trying to surprise people. So, yeah, the doubt thing, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Just like, oh. People are like, Luke, um, you, you couldn't take good, good care of a dog because. You suck at taking care of a hedgehog. Every time someone says that to me, it makes me want to just go out and buy a dog right now. Oh, I know. And and not let them and have it. this motherfucker like jumping through hoops and just yeah. be like, yeah, yeah. suck it. Yeah. And love you as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like on the couch with you, and yeah, bites anyone else. Or when you talk to whatever. Yeah. We talked like uh, JC's brother over the summer, and he's like, yeah, there's no way that uh, I'll climb V12. I just don't have the body for it, and I didn't start climbing young enough. And I'm okay with that. And V12 was like a grade, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I'm going to climb V12. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, straight up, I'm going to do it. <laughs> no doubt in my mind. It's yeah. going to happen. So, like, I think a lot of, like, every, a lot of things, I guess, bring around to the answer question. Most things in my life are out of stubbornness or out to prove they're wrong. Anytime yeah. someone says anything like that, it's, it's pure motivation. Yeah. So yeah, you can't do this. Watch me. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it right now. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. No, that's a good one. I was, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to think about it more. I can't think of anything right now, but that's definitely a good one. 
that last year's stuff would be the strongest, most recent example of that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think They're I've done anything good performance in the this pool. year. But yeah, I don't know. Uh... It's a good question. I mean, I don't think I've done really done anything uh, that amazing lately. So nothing's really popping into my mind. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. If we're being uh, entirely honest. What about you? In the last year, has that happened to you? Are you stubborn? I'm very competitive. So, yeah. I would say so. Um, I remember at um, the World Championships in Singapore in 2012, coach said it wasn't to me. It was to my teammate. Um, our coach said... Yeah, so it'll be Allison and I forget who else it was. There was like four of us, and three of us were going to make semis. It was me and the two other girls. And this other girl, yeah, she's not going to make it. So she took it, and then she she ended up beating me, and I didn't. I was the one that didn't make semis. But, like, that's the only really thing. That's, yeah, the only thing I can really think of it. But that's not a good one. That was a bad one. That happens like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh. I mean, also a couple times where. Our, our coach growing up in swimming. Tries with to me set up anyway. A lot of those things. He, he, yeah, he likes to uh, challenge that stubbornness in us a lot. So, so a lot of times it was maybe bad things that shouldn't have done. He was trying to like whatever teach us to be a good person as well as a good athlete. And so anyway, he would challenge you to do something awful or not, yeah, awful to other people. And I would not always. <laughs> Sometimes I wouldn't back down from that challenge, so I would mm-hmm. say or do something pretty mean to people out of stubbornness. But he's stubborn to too. Point. Well, he's stubborn too, yeah. Yeah, so. so well, I guess uh, my most recent one would be moving to Vancouver. Everyone told me that I wouldn't quit my job, move to a new city. Just got up and, got up and did it. Right. Just got out. Yep. I, I mean, yeah, you could look at it that way too, as far as like me. Um, like switching programs and kind of like stopping school for a while to try and find out what I actually want to do. Not that anyone told me I couldn't do it, but the fact that so many people are afraid to do it mm-hmm. who are in kind of a similar situation as taking school because th- they feel like they should be here and they're taking random sh- stuff and whatever and it's just like not that I did it out of stubbornness but mm-hmm. you know in some ways stubbornness mm-hmm. just trying to it's the easiest way for me to, like, nut up and do something. Yeah, is if, like, I know someone else is like, oh, yeah, you won't do that or you shouldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that was a good question. Yeah. Yeah, we're not very much influenced by what shouldn't be done or what isn't typically done, I don't think so. Yeah. That's a good question. I think so. All right, well. Thanks for the chat. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. And uh, to our listeners, have a good morning. Yes, I don't think we'll ever record in the morning again. That's <laughs> weird. It is weird, and I don't like it. And I want to go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Into the Closet with Speed. She's done some pretty cool stuff in her athletic career, uh, and a lot of things most people haven't really heard of, so... I uh, encourage you guys to check it out. 
and stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks.